Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. My name is Alex Sanchez. Joining me today, my co-host and friend, David Gasper, watching some college baseball since uh, we don't really have a choice at this point. But still, college baseball, I know you're loving it over there. What you watching right now? I am watching uh, Florida and uh, Georgia State. So it's, uh, no, not Georgia State. Um, what is they, they got to show the scoreboard again. Georgia Southern? No, Georgia Florida State. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is Georgia State. Florida's currently up. Hunter Barco's pitching tonight, you know, Friday night starter. He's going to be a big draft prospect this year. Um, you know, when we get Sean Kernahan back on, we can talk more about the uh, about the draft. But we'll have him on in, you know, future weeks. But, yeah, so I'm watching some, some Florida-Georgia State. Uh, baseball and I was watching Mississippi State earlier they came close to coming all the way back at the dude the reigning champions Mississippi State Bulldogs uh, but uh, they ended up falling short uh, losing seven to six at duty noble yeah competitive baseball it's uh, it would be nice to have wouldn't it in some other places dude I, I saw a video on Twitter today from a bullpen from a minor leaguer it was one pitch from Zach Brown, who was like a former top prospect for the Brewers, and he really kind of fell off because he stunk in AAA. It was one pitch that he threw from a side angle, and just kind of hear the mid pop in the background, and I nearly cried. Okay, like <laughs> I need, I need my baseball, man. Uh, what's your favorite song from Zach Brown? Ah, oh, Chicken Fried. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I actually just no. had some fried chicken uh, for dinner right before uh, we <laughs> recorded this. That's perfect. I mean, if maybe he stops writing some songs, he can actually, you know, get to be a decent major leaguer one of these days here. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, that would be nice, you know, for for the Bruce to have him. But uh, yeah, he's actually moving to be a reliever now. He was a starter before. Uh, now well, there's no guy. there's no room in that rotation. That's also true. That's we're also gonna, true. But also, he wasn't that great in the rotation either. We're gonna we're gonna touch on Aaron Ashby today. I'm going to just give you a Ooh, spoiler one of my alert, favorite um, subjects which uh i should talk about the topic of why we'll be talking about him and players like him uh, this episode is going to focus on two sections our first section is going to be those 2022 eta prospects the guys that we expect to be up this year and not just for the o'neill cruise type of week but like the majority of the season and can actually help you out on your fantasy team. And I am saying fantasy team, not just dynasty team. We do a lot of dynasty focused content on this podcast for sure. And this will apply to d- dynasty teams as well, but we're going to sort of give the redraft leagues and the best ball leagues, which I think is becoming uh, even more popular. I mean, it was very, it's become very, very popular in football because you know, injuries each week, this is just something where you don't have to worry. Um, and now it's kind of floating in to baseball, which is awesome because you can really start to get those prospects involved a little bit more, right? In redraft leagues, if a guy comes up in the summer, you know, it's not nearly as exciting as if you could have had him for the whole year, but in best ball leagues, you essentially get him. And so um, we're going to talk about some guys that, you know, who would we take 
that are established major leaguers ahead of the guys? And who would we take uh, in prospects wise, you know, maybe over some of those established veterans? So we'll get to that. Aaron Ashby is going to be one of those guys I ask you about, because, again, Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, you want Aaron Ashby on your team. The problem is it's going to be hard to get Aaron Ashby on your team at this point yeah. or Bobby Witt or Julio Rodriguez, whoever it may be. So instead of telling you, yeah, he's going to be good for his career, which is probably likely. We want to know, mm-hmm. is he going to be good this year and how much you're willing to invest in him via a draft pick or an auction or something like that? So kind of a little bit different, but, you know, trying to get a little bit more broad here on the show. We got a lot of different fantasy players. And then uh, the second half of our show today is going to be some of those guys that are outside the top 150, top 200 range that we anticipate making a big jump into the top 100s because we're going to have a ton of of graduations this year assuming we get baseball we're going to have a ton of graduations and there's going to be a lot of spots opening for people that um you haven't seen on top 100 lists and they're going to be making their debut on those lists so uh exciting a lot of stuff to go over we want to get right into it but to continue on with our news and notes um i do want to get your thoughts on baseball really quick in a second but josh young is the actually the only news we had we're kind of updating from last week remember that shoulder we talked about it's torn. It's bad. So uh, it's going to be a he's going to repair a torn labrum in his shoulder. Uh, he's going to be out for six months. It looks like something around mm. that range. So we're going to be lucky to see him this year in the majors, if at all. Uh, devastating news for future Hall of Famer Josh Young. Yes. Yes. Um, but if you have Isaiah Kiner Falefa on your fantasy team, that's good news for you, I guess. Yeah, you're excited. Um, but if you're like me and have Josh Young on your dynasty team and we're in, then you're sad, him, you're very sad. So uh, not much to really analyze in this uh, scenario. You're just going to have to wait a little bit longer for Josh Young. Shoulder surgeries are, are not fun and not great, but, you know, we've seen players come back to full strength. So not worried about his long term potential, but his 2022 potential is uh, almost non-existent. I don't even know if he's worth picking up in redraft leagues or anything like that. And dynasty leagues are definitely not selling them. Don't sell them at a discount or anything like that. Hold, get his brother, get his brother, get go young squared and you can get both of them (laughs) um, because he's coming soon too. Uh, But let's talk about baseball for a little bit. Um, I I was very optimistic once they said they were going to start meeting each day this week on Monday. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very excited I thought, okay, you know, if they get together every day, they don't want to spend, they want to get done by the weekend. I know Monday is this like potentially very strict deadline, but also potentially doesn't mean anything. (laughs) So uh, not a lot of news today, which was concerning for me. Um, And I'm talking about big news. Like they're still years apart. I don't know if years is the right word, but they're, they're miles apart. Let's say light years apart. Um, when it comes to the CBT, the collective uh, bargaining uh, tax and all that, whatever you want to call it, the, the 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 CBA negotiations, CBA negotiations, CBT of the FDA. I don't know, whatever you want to abbreviate it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the, the, you know, that the uh, competitive balance tax is what I was looking for. That is a mess. So what are your thoughts on it? Just give me kind of a rundown and you're probably a little bit more plugged in than I am about potentially what might happen so what do you think well the current situation is the players want the cbt raised they want the penalties for overages to remain status quo 
The owners don't want to raise it that much, and they want to increase the penalties for overages, practically doubling uh, the tax percentage. Um, And the players kind of see this more as hardening of an already soft salary cap. Uh, The players are opposed to it. They really want to see that CBT go up um, and see see those high market teams being willing to spend more. The owners kind of don't really want to do it. I mean, a, a bunch of them are small market owners, and they know with the CBT going up, that hurts their ability to compete with the Yankees and the Dodgers, et cetera, uh, for some of these uh, big-time players uh, and you know, compete for a World Series. And this is the most contentious issue uh, between these sides. The owners have not wanted to budge at all. The players haven't budged. You know, At least with some of the other issues, we've seen you know, a little bit of movement, not much. Um, but it is very contentious uh, between those two sides. We've seen some movement on Friday here uh, involving the draft and uh, potential draft lottery. It's looking like we're going to be having a draft lottery uh, come in starting next year. There were some proposals back and forth today, um, and it's looking like we're going to get it uh, perhaps with some uh, parameters around it as well. So that could be something to look forward to in future MLB drafts for for the draft nerds out there. Um, And I think that's the least contentious of the four major issues, Uh, the the draft lottery and those anti-tanking measures. uh, There's still uh, arbitration, service time, uh, pre-arbitration bonus pool. Those are big issues to work out, as well as the CBT. Um, Those are kind of the big money issues, the... The draft lottery isn't as much a money issue, so that's kind of, you know, at least it's something, it's some progress, but, um, you know, it'll come down to what happens Saturday and Sunday here, and and eventually Monday. Monday's going to be the biggest day of them all, because that is the deadline to save opening day. And what, I mean... Let me just ask you this really quickly, and we'll we'll kind of move on from this. It's not the, the show by any stretch, but... It, so you have to give me a percentage. What percentage do you side with the players versus the owners? I mean, I'm on the player side, you know, like I, I have to zero. Per, pretty much a hundred to zero. Um, you know, maybe not a hundred, maybe like 90. Cause as a fan of a small market team, I kind of don't want to see the competitive balance tax raised super high, you know, like, I don't want to see, oh, the, the competitive balance taxes raise another $30 million. This is going to allow the Dodgers to pay for Freddie Freeman in free agency oh, when God. it kicks hey, back up. It. I know. You, I, exactly. Exactly. You, you don't want that either. So I don't want Freddie Freeman to leave. But right. Uh, and, and we certainly don't want him on the Dodgers. No, uh, certainly not. I could not. I'd have to move out of California. Um, I get to see him more, though, I guess. But no, the, the point I was trying to make by that question is, Today on MLB Trade Rumors, by the way, great site if you if you don't check that out a lot. Um, they were they released kind of the Atlanta Braves, who had a very successful season, oh, yeah. obviously, and they are um, a publicly traded company um, owns them, Liberty Media, and it's fascinating because you get to see the numbers more so than any other baseball team um, that you can. So the Braves obviously had about as the best season you could hope for. Um, and still only had like a 1% in terms of like profit for the uh, for the years. So things had to go extraordinarily well just for them to make money. And so part of me thinks like, okay, yeah, the owners are not making a lot of money per year. But then I have to stop and say, 
But then as soon as they sell these teams, they're making like, I don't know, 800% on their investment. So they're going to be just fine if they're ever struggling that much. Just sell the team and you'll make all the money that you supposedly haven't been making right back because the value of these franchises is through the roof. So, yeah, the owners, I get it uh, from, a you know, that 10% is pretty nice and maybe even 15%. Like they're not making a huge amount of profit per year with all the expenses that goes into this. But at the same time, they're going to be just fine once they sell. And that's where I go back to the player side, like you're saying. So it's a mess. Uh, But again, this podcast is not certainly not about that. Um, So from depressing news, let's go to exciting news and talk about Fantrax, our sponsor. Uh, Fantrax is uh, one of the best places that you could possibly run your fantasy league. And I'm very, very proud to say that nearly every league I'm in right now, baseball or otherwise, is on Fantrax. It's absolutely free to sign up if you like. The free leagues are fantastic. I mean, honestly, I know they're our sponsor and everything, but even if you they weren't sponsoring us, I would have told everybody, play on Fantrax. It's way better. You have way more options. The player pool is insane. I mean, they have the high schoolers already. You could draft Drew Jones if you want and your league allows it, like it's insane. So sign up today on Fantrax. They're just doing um, amazing, amazing stuff. And the other cool thing about that, of course, if you've been listening, you know that we have the Wander Franco signed jersey giveaway going on through Fantrax. So big shout out to them. Thanks again for for doing this. If you sign up for a new league today, Fantrax.com slash prospects 1500, you'll be entered in to win that Franco signed jersey, which from all accounts, you and I, uh, he's essentially the best player ever. I mean, that's about it. So go ahead and win that jersey, um, and then you can thank us later because, again, only a certain amount of podcasts are giving out that code, so the the, the pool to win that jersey is extremely small. Um, and then finally, the other announcement we have to go over is, again, our listener versus staff fantasy leagues. We're going to be starting up two leagues this year. I, I won't go into a huge amount of detail on them. Uh, turn, tune in to last episode. I went. I think we went into a big um, description of those two, but essentially it's a redraft league and a prospects only league. And we are still, uh, you know, going through some applications and stuff to see if, if, you know, get the best possible listeners. We want to get as many as possible. We're really putting a lot of listeners in here with a few staff members, of course. Um, if you're interested, please Email Scott at prospects1500 at gmail.com. Just saying you're interested. And then you can also tweet at us at prospects1500 on Twitter. That's also a good way to enter into that. So with all of that being said, let's talk about the main topic for today's podcast. Shall we, David? Shall we shall. We shall. We shall not talk about Manfred any longer. I'm just going to get angry if we keep doing that. I know. I, I can sense it. I can sense it. It's Friday. We should be happy. We should be watching spring training baseball, but alas, we are not. But hey, college baseball is not bad, you know. It's not bad. It's a good thing to to hold us over. Anyway, 2022. Okay, we love prospects here. I think many of uh, you know, those non-prospect people out there that may listen to this show would say we love them too much. They're, they don't pan out they they don't come up right away and are successful and eh, yeah sure sure that's true enough in most situations but tell me a better feeling in fantasy than drafting a, a prospect having him come up and just break out i mean you're the smartest man in the room in that situation and that's 
you know, that's why we play fantasy to, to prove how much smarter we are than everybody. So uh, we, like I mentioned earlier, we have a, a grip of people that are going to graduate this top 100 list. I mean, I'm just going to go over the, the top, I don't know, 15 prospects around, you know, we can expect to probably see Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, Riley Green, Adley Rutschman, Spencer Torkelson. Um, there's a chance we can see CJ Abrams. We were going to see Josh Young, probably not anymore. Josh Lowe. You could argue Brendan Davis is going to be up. Aaron Ashby, your boy. Grayson mm-hmm. Rodriguez is going to come up. Uh, Reed Detmers is going to be coming up. There are just so many guys in the top half of prospect lists that are going to be making an impact. Now, what are the chances that every single one of them make a huge impact? Is It's very low, right? So chances are, I mean, what do you think the, chan- the percentage of those names I just mentioned, David, will actually be very, very useful this year? Maybe 50%. Yeah, I think that's optimistic. Yeah, Yeah, optimistic. Uh, And now we're talking about the elite guys, too, by the way. So maybe that 50% is pretty accurate. So um, let's just start out with some of those big guys. Um, In a world where the CBA comes out and manipulation is a a word we won't recognize any longer, let's say Bobby Witt, our first contestant here. He's going to be up at some point, whether it's in April or May or or whatever. how excited are you for his rookie season? Do you think he's going to come out of the gate um, viable? And, uh, or, or, or we, we might see some struggles from this kid. Um, I mean, at 21, I mean, we, we might see some. I mean, if anything, maybe for like the first week or so as he kind of, you know, adjusts to the big league level. Um, but I think he's someone that I really think probably could have some success uh, right away, right out of the gate. Um, you never really know for sure, but with Witt, he's just shown so much at, at such a young age already um, at, at pretty much every level. And, and last year at spring training, I mean, he showed out pretty well, didn't he? Like, and, and if he could do that well, you know, against, you know, even though it's spring training against a lot of, you know, big league pitchers that, that he was probably facing, then I think maybe that's a sign that he can show up pretty well in the regular season. I think he has some unique things going for him that we should mention. Of course, he has been around baseball his entire life with his father. Um, he has this kind of uh, aurora around him that he is a hard worker and he's a natural leader. Um, you, you've kind of seen that. Uh, I remember his interview for the Futures game. I came away very, very impressed with this kid. Um, for you know, when you consider the age, and we're talking about a 20, 21 year old that's going to be a star at some point. I mean, I think we both agree on that, but it's mm-hmm. whether or not he's going to come out of the gate hot. So in terms of re uh, let's, let's start with the best ball leagues. Let me take a second here just to mention what best ball leagues are for those of you that maybe don't know what I'm talking about. So best ball leagues are like the best case scenario for all of your players there. You draft, at the beginning of the season, and then there are no trades or waiver wire pickups. Usually have a little bit of a, an extended roster as opposed to your standard redraft league, although it, it you know it's up to your settings. But what'll happen is each week it'll basically put the best player at the uh, every position into your lineup. And you don't have to set it, you don't have to worry about it. Basically, you could literally do the draft and then check in the last day of the season, and it would be the same as if you checked it every day. There's nothing you can do about it. So prospects are valuable because if you can pick up the guy that comes in in May or even June, 
um, and then just dominates, right? And draft somebody else who even if, let's just say, is a league average player, you're going to get that league average production on top of domination. So it doesn't matter as much if that prospect comes up in May or June. You basically get the best of the best. So in terms of that context, so we're kind of leaning towards that redraft. It's going to be a little bit different, I think, but let's kind of get that persona of a best ball league. So I'm going to just list a few shortstops here and then um, see what you think. Um, I have one name that I really want to mention, but we'll start off a little bit lower. And if you were in a best ball league, like I just man- mentioned, David, would you want Dansby Swanson or would you want Bobby Witt for this year and this year only? Bobby, give me Bobby Witt. Uh, I think they're actually quite similar this year in terms of power. I think what you might get out of Bobby is a little bit more speed and a little bit of a better on-base percentage and perhaps even a batting average, which is hard to, to mention. But you What never did know Brad what Pitt tell us in Moneyball? It's all about getting on base. Yeah, well, especially if your league is an on-base league as well. Um, should we go with uh, some of your Milwaukee guys? Would you take any of your Milwaukee infielders, Willie Adamas or Luis Urias, over him? Ooh. Man, that'd be, that's interesting because I'm very interested to see what Willie Adamas is able to do with a full season. I mean, he, he got nearly 30 home runs last year, Adamas did he i think he had like 25 ish 25 27 something like that um so there's some legit power there um with damas but i'm not quite as sure on the batting average that's close isn't it yeah and i know you're a brewers fan too that's why i picked them (laughs) yeah i think i still take the chance on wit myself just because i think the power output's probably close I just never saw Adamas hitting that many in the past, so I worry about a one-hit wonder. Right, but he was in Tampa, and and Tampa was terrible for him offensively because he couldn't see the ball there. Well, that helps to see the ball, for sure. So, you got got that pick right there. You want the Uh, sexy wit or the steady Eddie Willie Adamas? You know, it's tough, but I I think I got to go wit. Yeah, I think I would take Wit with the upside. Um, here's an interesting one because former superstar, really, I feel like, but not not so much anymore. Javier Baez in Detroit. Would you take him over Bobby Witt? <laughs> Javi strikes out so much, man. Uh, I'm I'm not. A, I don't think he's going to age super well. Um, I. Really, I don't think Detroit should have given him the contract that they gave him. Uh, but I, I'd i go Bobby Witt. And the thing is, I mean, these are close for sure. But this also is a reminder of where you're going to have to draft Bobby Witt. We're talking like fifth round right now, fourth round or so uh, to get Yeah, because so, like, he's pretty much ready. Yeah, yeah. So to me, the next guy is the limit. I think I, I agree with you so far. But what about Corey Seager in Texas? Uh, for just this year, I, I think I'm still taking Seager. Yeah, I think that's the line. Those other guys, I just feel like they're going to put up similar numbers to Bobby Witt with the chance that Bobby Witt just explodes. But for me, Corey Seager has that batting average baked into it, where even if he doesn't hit as with as much power, there's so many other ways that he's going to get to more value than Bobby Witt. And you know, Bobby Witt's going to probably have a month or two where he's just like not good at all. 
Either he yeah, comes out like he's going to come up, come out strong. Pitchers adjust to him, yeah. and then it's going to take him a little bit probably to adjust back. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's excellent. All right, fair enough. So uh, that's a very unique one. We don't. You often have very little prospects that are are, are going to come up like that. Um, let's go into Detroit and let's talk about Spencer Torkelson again. A, another guy that hasn't had the huge. I mean, he's had good minor league numbers. Don't get me wrong, and I love Spencer Torkelson, but the dominating numbers we haven't seen in the high high levels from him. Um, his AAA numbers are. A little worrisome, right? With that 238, uh, 36 strikeouts, good power and all that's still there. So Spencer Torkelson, um, how quick, first of all, let me ask you that. Do you think he's going to be up? Um, I think they're going to give him some time again in in AAA uh, to start off. I mean, he only had 40 games in AAA. I mean, he was... He was moved up pretty quickly from A ball to double A to triple A. I mean, it was a pretty quick promotions for him. Um, So I think they might give him a little more time in double A, just kind of make sure he's ready before they bring him up and and get things going. Um, I mean, obviously we'll see what happens with the CBA and, you know, service time manipulation, what happens there. But even without that, I think they're going to give him some time in triple A to you think something like that. Yeah. Maybe a month or so. I mean, it, I mean, if he comes out in, like, the first, like, two weeks, he's hitting, like, 300 with, uh, like, five homers, whatever, already, then then maybe it's like, okay, he's fine, he's ready, bring him up. Now, with Bobby Witt, you get the advantage that he's a shortstop. The bar is not difficult to clear. Spencer's going to be playing first base. I think we can eliminate third base, right? And uh, that bar is much tougher to clear. So not only does he have to get up pretty early, but he also has to hit really well because they're not putting a lot of first basemen out for their defense. So this is going to be a little bit harder. I think, um, let me start out with a guy that, um, you know, you're, you know what you're getting for sure. Miguel Sano. Yeah. Or Sano? I'm taking Torkelson. Really? I think I would just stick with Sano there. Um, you're getting 30 plus home runs, almost guaranteed with Sano. Don't you think? And then like, yeah, but I mean, there, I mean, there's also just kind of the other, just like hitting. Like, yeah, you know, but the thing is, you know, what you get non-base get concerns. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's a good comp. What about Bobby Dahlbeck, another recently graduated prospect in Boston? Would you rather have Dahlbeck? Remember, you're getting I'm not super sold on Dahlbeck, you know, okay. and, and I think Cassis is probably going to take him over pretty, pretty quickly, especially if he struggles uh, a little bit again, like he did last year. What about, I mean, he's, he's got the home run numbers, but... Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go up a little bit. What about Brandon Belt? Ooh. Belt had a really solid year uh, last year. He killed the Brewers whenever he faced us. Um, <laughs> it's random guys that kill you. Yeah, I know. It was it was insane. Um, I, for just this year, I'm... Just this year. I might. I think I might go Belt there, maybe. Yeah, I'm learning that I'm not particularly excited for Torkelson this year just because the two months that's probably going to happen and the fact that when he comes up, you know, he's got to hit at a very high level because you you can find first baseman, although, I mean, the guys I mentioned are, you know, I don't know, 15th, 10th round in that range. So Um, 
he he's going to be fun, but I would let him drop to you. If if nobody's picking him by that 15th, 16th round, then yeah, go for it. His upside's still probably higher than all of those guys, but um, those other guys are going to be, you know, there the whole year. And, and, and that first base production's got to be good. It's, it's got to be really good. <clears throat> all right. Those, I mean, those are the um, one, two of the best, right? And we're already talking about Miguel Sano over <laughs> one of them. So it's, yeah. a, but again, that's, it's unique with Torkelson in the fact that, you know, he's a first baseman, that the, the bar's a little bit higher. Let's go to a pitcher, shall we? Yeah. Let's go to the Angels, 22-year-old lefty Reed Detmers, a guy that had some huge strikeout totals in the minors, came up to the majors and and did not have much success at all. Um, So what do you think about him? I mean, I think you're getting a majority of the season. Now, the Angels have said they're doing a six-man rotation, so you have to keep that involved. And you also have to keep into the fact that they are the Angels. But what is your outlook for Detmers? for 2022 uh i like detmers i I think he's going to be a good solid uh, rotation piece there i mean he's not he's not going to be an ace level dude for them but um he's he should be a solid guy to to get some innings and uh get some strikeouts and not walk too many guys either yes i think that the learning curve might be a little steep with him as he, he gets used to it um Mm -hmm. and the innings you know with these that's the thing with these prospects when they come up even if they are awesome those inning caps can really spoil the fun (laughs) to say to say the least. yeah and i mean who knows what kind of inning caps they're going to put on them yeah all right let's start let's start here with uh texas's new signing john gray reed detmers or john gray for the 2022 season oh i think i'm going detmers there and while we're at it, why don't we bring in uh, your boy Aaron Ashby for this? Because, uh, you know, they're very similar. I think a lot of people think that these guys are have a chance to break out. Of course, it's hard to predict breakouts with any certainty. But if there's, you know, two guys that have a chance, they're, they've already been up in the majors. They're well-established. There's, you know, going to be a role for them most likely. So let's, let's keep Ashby in this as well. So we'll do kind of a three-way. Um, so you're taking Detmers ahead of Gray. Would you take Ashby ahead of Detmers? <sighs> See, so this is a tough thing with Ashby. I don't know if his role is going to be in the rotation or in the bullpen to start the year and and going throughout because the Brewers currently have five guys ahead of him. You got Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. Those guys are locked in. And you have Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer currently ahead of him on the depth chart filling out that rotation. Now, the Brewers could trade one of Hauser or Lauer once his transaction freeze is lifted uh, and clear some room for him in the rotation. They could go with a six-man rotation again. They did that in parts of last year, but they may not be willing to do it again. So for Ashby, I don't even know what his role is going to be yet, whether he's going to be a starter or a reliever. Now, if he is thrust into the starting rotation, I'd take Ashby over over Detmers. Um, if, he, if that rotation spot isn't cleared for him, I'd probably take Detmers. So it's really going to be kind of dependent on his, on his ultimate role because he's currently the sixth man on that depth chart. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're going to go with a six-man rotation. I don't know if they're going to trade one of Hauser or Lauer and, and clear some room for him. Um, so he's going to be on the big league staff, but his role is to be determined. So that's why I think I take Ashby over Detmers regardless. Because even if 
he's not in that rotation. He's in that bullpen, still accumulating some stats, right? And then you got to think he'll get some chances at some point to start. Whereas I don't see Detmers going to the bullpen. If he's struggling or whatnot, or there's not a spot for him, he's going back down to AAA. So to me, Mm -hmm. Ashby's a little bit safer. So I think I would definitely take Ashby ahead of Detmers. And then I would take both of them ahead of John Gray for sure. So let's bump up the, the quality of pitcher here a little bit. Let's go to Noah Syndergaard, another guy on the Angels as well. Huge ceiling, huge injury risk. Who are you gambling with for 2022? Um, I, th- I think I'd gamble on on the prospects there over over the injury risk there for Syndergaard. I mean, he's pitched what two innings in the last two years. Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'd rather take the the healthy arms there. Hmm. What about, I think Sonny Gray is probably, we're probably taking him, right? That's probably too high a bar. Yeah. What about, um, I'm trying to find that sweet spot for you to get you to really think. What about, here we go. We'll go the complete opposite. Adam Wainwright in St. Louis. Had a great year last year. Great. Yeah, that that dude just somehow just keeps on, he, he just somehow keeps on performing well. Performing yeah. well with age. He's got that curveball still going, still as beautiful as ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. But he's what, 40, 41 now? What do you care? It's You're not keeping him for the next year. You just, I, you I know, I know. But but I'm thinking, like, eventually he's going to end up falling off the table, you know? Because as he keeps on going, I mean, he's still been performing well in, into his late 30s. But eventually that drop is going to hit. And I don't know if I want to take the risk of, you know, yeah going Wainwright uh, over these young guys this year and have this finally be the year that Wainwright really kind of falls off. So I, I think I'd go Detmers and Ashby over Wainwright. Wow. Yeah, I think so too. What about Marcus Stroman in Chicago? Ooh, you know what you're getting with him. It's not yeah. I think I'd, right. I think I'd go Stroman there. Yeah. A little bit more consistent. I mean, the Cubs aren't going to be good though. Yeah, I know. And it's great. I'm smiling even, over here. <laughs> Ashby can even get wins in that bullpen or holds or something like that, too. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess Stroman's probably the that line, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break right now. Um, what do you think, David? You want to do a few more of these? I think we'll, we have a couple more we could probably discuss, and then we'll we'll come sure. back and talk about those deep prospects. So um, stay tuned. This is Futures Focus. Alex Sanchez, David Gasper with you. Hope you stay tuned. We'll be right back. Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
And we're back. Futures focus here. A podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. Alex Sanchez is my name. David Gasper joining me. We are continuing on here trying to find you guys some prospects that are going to help out in your non-dynasty leagues like your redrafts and your best ball leagues. With, by the way, if you haven't done a best ball league on Fantrax, I mean, if there isn't a perfect league to sign up for it so you can get not only entered in that Franco, but also help the podcast as well. And then you don't have to do anything all year. You just sign up for the best ball and then you're done. It's, that's a good idea. Don't you think, David? Oh, yeah. Sounds great. That sounds like a great idea. Maybe I'll do that right after this podcast as well. All right. We, uh, we have two more bats we want to talk about. And then we have a pitcher we'll, we'll end up. And we're going back to the elite guys. Um, I mean, I guess these are all sort of elite prospects in a sense. I don't think we're very um, down on any of these long-term careers that we mentioned, which was, of course, you know, Bobby Witt, Aaron Ashby, Reed Detmers. But the first year, you know, what do we expect from the first year? So um, let's go to the uber elite. Some have him above Bobby Witt, in fact, and that's Julio Rodriguez. I mean, we all know this guy's a stud. We just don't know when he's coming up. That's the problem. So uh, give me a, give me a date Like, be specific. I want you to be extremely specific here. You'll, you, you see the future. When is Julio Rodriguez making his debut? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go July 1st. Okay. So July around mid season. I mean that, if he that here this he's so tricky because if he does that, that means he's been dominating and he's pretty much who we're hoping him to be. And he could come up and be the rookie of the year in, in that amount of time, right? Because eh, maybe. I mean, De- we, depending on I mean, course. that's that's the American League. You know, what if Adley's up early? What if uh Bobby Witt's up early, you know? Sure, uh, of course, those are the favorites, no doubt. But the point is, I mean, that July 1st is pretty aggressive for Julio at, at such a young age, and he hasn't gone to the top levels like those other guys. So this this means that he just flew through AAA and is just dominating and ready to go. I mean, July 1st. So it, it gets to be a little tricky. You're yeah. not going to get him for, I mean, for the whole he, season, but it might be elite elite numbers. Yeah, I mean, he dominated Double A when he was there. I mean, it was 46 games, but he hit 362 in Double A. Yeah, like, no, he's insane. Yeah. So, like, are, are they going to send him back out to Double A to start the season, or is he going to start the year in Triple A? I mean, Which, that's the, that's the problem with him. That's why he's so we we need to talk about him because people need to know when to we need the him. lockout to end so we can understand where he's going to be starting. That's what we need. Okay, I'm getting off track on Manfred again. But anyway, they brought yeah, they brought Kelnick up relatively quickly, to be honest. So uh, maybe they're an yeah. aggressive type of organization. All right, but also Kelnick had a slow start. He did, but he not not in the minors. I mean, he was ready to go in the minors. No, and, no, in the big leagues, like when they called him up. Then he sucked. Yeah, he sucked. Yeah. Um, all right, you're sitting there in the draft. It's one year. <laughs> so as dynasty owner, it's it's tough to say this, but let's go Charlie Blackman or Julio Rodriguez for 2022. God, I haven't even thought about Charlie Blackman as a fantasy <laughs> target in so he's gonna, long. He's going to be a DH. You don't even have to worry about him getting hurt or anything in the outfield or getting tired at his old age. So well, yeah, he, I was say, he can't be a really center field that much. He's what thirty-five. Yeah, like 
Lorenzo Cain is still doing that, and he's hurt a whole bunch, and he probably shouldn't be. I mean, Lorenzo Cain is still a magnif- magnificent defender, though. Uh, let's see. How are we on Lorenzo Cain? What in the world? <laughs> Charlie Black. We're, we're talking about old guys playing center field. <laughs> you know, that's that's Lorenzo Cain. That's Charlie Blackman. All right, let's see. Last year, Charlie Blackman hit 270, 13 homers, uh, 351 on base percentage, Riding 761 stuff. OPS, 96 OPS plus. So roughly league average, slightly below, um, you know, hits for a decent average, not that much for power. Um, not much for stolen bases anymore either. God, he stole 43 bases in 2015. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I have really kind of not been up on Charlie Blackman's well, career Charlie, lately. Uh, I like Charlie. Yeah, I mean he's he's solid. I mean he's about an average league, league well, average ish hitter. The twilight of his career for sure. So, but I yeah. mean, do you want him or do you want Julio in your best ball league? You're up on for just. Show. Since I don't know um, how much you're actually going to get of Julio, mm-hmm. I think I almost would have to go Blackman because Blackman's going to be up all season. Yeah. And he's been relatively healthy. I mean, he's played in, you know, 140 plus games every season since 2014. Yeah. Not fun, but probably I agree with you. I mean, it would be Steady really, Eddie. Depressing, really depressing for me to do that. But I think that's the right call. Um, all right, let's go to Mike Yastrzemski in San Francisco. Disappointing year last year. Very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but if probably starting, we were getting his grandpa, you know. Yeah, now it's a different story. Yeah. I mean, the, the average is low, but 25 bombs, I mean. Mm-hmm. That is uh that is something that I will take um and be fine with, but I mean with I mean there's so much potential there. Um I mean it was, you know, a bit of a down season with the averages, but I I think I'd take for just this year, I think I'd have to take yes because it's just you really don't know how much I'm going to get. Because as optimistic as we're being, there is definitely a scenario where Julio gets hurt, where he is struggling a little bit, where the Mariners are out of it and they don't want to bring him up. Yeah. And so he's up and in August, a whole you know? bunch of things could delay his his arrival. Yes. So let's go a little lower then. What about? Um, let me ask you two. Brandon Marsh in Los Angeles. Okay. Well, the, yes uh, or no. I, I assumed you were doing, I, I thought you were going to be doing yes, two I at the same time. I understand the confusion. I'm going to ask you a, a follow-up, too. Okay. Uh, Brandon Marsh. Um, got to look up Brandon Marsh here. Um I mean, he he should be, um, you know, playing pretty regularly. He's got some yeah, I mean, great strikeout so concerns. He's, uh, he's almost like the Christian Pache of the Angels, where he's going to play because of his defense, but that bat, probably not quite ready. 
Yeah, yeah, 91 strikeouts and 236 at bats. That's uh, like Brandon Marsh a lot, but yeah, that's that's tough striking out that much. Um, now remember, if you're getting Julio, you do in your best ball leagues, you're getting, or even in your redraft leagues, you're going to get a free agent that you plug in there. So it's not like you get zeros for Julio, but you know, keep that in mind too. Yeah. I think I'd take Julio at that point. I agree. What about another stud prospect that we did not talk about that I wanted to, and that's Riley green. Oof. For 2022 only. You got to imagine he's going to be up sooner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, green had 40 games in triple a hit over 300 there. Um, and there's, Pretty sure there's a uh, plenty of openings uh, in Detroit yes. for Riley Green to <laughs> and he's the guy sneak he's, his way on. He's elite enough that when he's up, you know, he's up. He's going to be a Kelnick where even if he yeah. sucks, they're still going to play him, which doesn't help you as a fantasy owner. But it's not like he's going to get a weak no. audition. Right, exactly. So between those two guys for just a season, I, I'd take Riley Green. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Riley Green's ceiling is enormous, too. Let's not forget. Plus, you're getting... Yeah, and, I mean, they're both, like, top five prospects right oh, now. I'm so excited to see these so guys. So, really, finally, it's just kind of... I mean, even, even from a dynasty perspective, it's almost kind of splitting hairs. Oh, dynasty perspective, yeah. I mean, it's... I think Julio by a slight edge, but if you have either one of those, you're doing just fine. All right, let's end and with... I do have Riley Green. <laughs> I have Riley Green. In our... In our old... In the league that we're in together? Yeah, I have Riley Green. Yeah. 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 In uh in Chappie's uh prospect oh, the, challenge, yeah, I got yeah, Riley yeah. Green. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one more pitcher, a guy that, you know, I I'm kind of been slow to to like, but I'm now starting to go all in. And that's Shane Boz for the uh Tampa Bay Rays, a guy that is uh absolutely filthy. Is you know, the names that we're gonna go over here, there's no doubt Boz is probably the better pitcher, but we know it's the Rays. We know that they're very smart, and that could hurt, you know, dynasty and fantasy players on how often uh, Boz is actually going to pitch. He might not even begin this season with the club. Who knows? So let me start here. Uh, my boy, Ian Anderson or Shane Boz, who would you rather have for 2022? Mm. Tough, tough, tough. Uh, I'm, I'm stalling for time here uh, while I Google Ian Anderson's stats. I just Googled Ian Anderson and I got a search result for Jethro Tull. I'm like, oh, wait, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, you know, I, I, right. I'll go over the stats here for these guys. I didn't know yeah. you, were, you were looking them up. So 3.58 ERA, 24 games, 128 in the third innings, 124 strikeouts. Okay, solid. 2.7 war. Um, I'd go Anderson for just this season. Yeah. I would, too. I think that we're just starting to see the great Ian Anderson. I think he has a a very nice floor. Maybe not the ceiling that Boz will have each time out, but I think Ian Anderson's taking the ball every fifth day. They want him to grow and be that horse. So, um, as you know, as a Braves fan, I might be a little biased, but still. Um, well, you know yeah, him best. I do. His change-up's unbelievable. I love, love his change-up. What about uh, – I'll go over a few guys here. Um, Tell me if you take any of them 
over Shane Boz. And that'll be kind of the line we draw here. Um, you have Luis Severino in New York, Eduardo Rodriguez now on Detroit, or Luis Garcia on Houston. Would you take any of those guys over Shane Boz? Uh, I think I'd take Erod over Boz. Um, I'm not sure about the others. Maybe Garcia. Um, I think I would take Garcia and then Boz over the rest of the other two, Eduardo and Severino. I think you're just going to get great numbers with Boz whenever he's out there, even if it's for 100 innings. Like, it's going to be really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, two, two ERA, .68 whip in the, the limited amount. The only downside with Boz is that the innings are going to be capped, you know? Yeah. So, I think that's where we're at. Interesting. All right. Um, let's go back to our dynasty leagues. Those are our bread and butters. That's the ones we're familiar with. Um, if you're tuning in, you're probably into the prospects. And, uh, if you're in those dynasty leagues, you want the next great thing. So as you can see, like we'd mentioned all top 100 prospects that we can almost guarantee you are going to be up by June, but July even, uh, with Julio. And that means somebody's going to have to take their place on the top 100. So. Um, David, I'll give a few names that I like, and then we'll come over to you. Um, or do you, uh, I guess all we'll right. alternate here. Let's, I, I don't like to hear my voice too much. I like to hear your serenade <laughs> of information come to me. So a nice, deep, burly voice. Let's yes. not, let's not go too low and say like, you know, um, I don't know, somebody off like Gunnar Henderson, who you might not have and he's going to jump up. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know Gunnar Henderson's good. I want to get real deep. So like, top 200 range guys that are well, well back um, that you, you can see. So I'm going to start off here. Um, I think that one of the international prospects that we talked about last week are definitely going to have a, just a great debut down there. And, and once they start having those electric stateside debuts, or even if the DSL or wherever they may go, I think that they're going to just skyrocket up of, lists. So I'm going to go with Roderick Arias as a guy that you're going to see in the top 100 lists going into next year. Um, <clears throat> switch hitter, infielder for the Yankees. I think the fact that he's on the Yankees also helps a lot with the fact that, you know, he gets a little bit of a boost. Just see Jason Dominguez. And uh, I'm, I'm really starting to fall in love with this guy. You know, we talked with uh, Kernahan last week about, you know, he chose Vaquero over Ar- Ar- um, Arias, but I think I would take Arias over him if I had the choice. So a guy that, you know, I, I just feel like these international guys are getting, you know, one of them's going to hit. It's just, which one is it going to be? So take a chance on, you know, one of the top ones each year and you'll get that ex- uh, ascension into just elite, elite guys. I mean, whether it's Wander, we, we went over the list last week, you know, these, everybody who's good is like from the international scene. So I'm going to take a chance on Arias as a guy that jumps into uh, top 100 list. So, David, who do you have as uh, some of your guys? Well, I'm going to go with the with another international guy, and Great. big surprise, but it's someone from from my system with the Brewers, because uh, you know I'm, I'm talking about what I know best here. But also, I mean, like this is legit too. Like, like this is not just homerism Please. here. Please be legit. Um, I love it. Yeah, but Hendry Mendez is oh, someone yeah. that is is really rocketing up boards and really rocketing his way up. In my top 50, I had him at 14. Um, that, that went up last month. I, I had him 14th on my list. But, I mean, he could be pushing up much higher. He was just signed in 
last year's signing period, not this most recent one, but the year before, he was already promoted stateside before his first season in the DSL was completed. He was in the DSL for a couple of weeks. He was hitting 320 something, and they they bumped him up stateside. So we're going to see him in in Low A Carolina uh, at some point this year. And uh, fellow prospects 1500 writer uh, Max Arterburn, uh, he tweeted this the other day, saying that if there's a next wander from a hit perspective, yeah, Andre Mendez is in the mix. That's exciting. So um, if he continues to do this stateside and hit that well in full season ball, he's going to be jumping up into those uh, top 100s. Yeah, that's a great choice. Also, that's not, he's going to have autographs in 2022 Bowman. So. Yeah, I saw that too. That's not a homer pick. I um, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I don't even know where he is on lists right now. Let me check this current He's 14 on, on mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, so, he was not in our top 210 when we did he's, that. He's not. He's not even close to top 100 lists. Yeah. So yet, yet. I love it. I love it. That's a that's an excellent pick there, um, and not a homer pick at all. Uh, I think Thank that's you. legit. Um, we talked about this guy. Uh, well, I guess I should go to my L. Well, I don't know who to do. I'm going to do two here for you. Um, so I'm going to pick one pitcher and one hitter. Um, we talked about this guy with. Michael Richards, when we were talking about the Seattle um, system, I don't know if you were listening to that podcast or not, but he had some glowing things to say about Gabriel Gonzalez, who is an 18-year-old guy saying he can be Julio Rodriguez light. So, granted, when you start comparing guys to Wander or Julio, you're going to get quite excited. So I looked up Gabriel Gonzalez, and yes, this guy looks legit. I mean, as legit as you can for a you know, the videos you have on this guy, but I think that he is going to have an extreme jump. Um, I, I haven't seen him close to a uh, hundred. I think some publications might get him close, but I think he's going to, uh, most people have, you know, no idea who this guy is right now. And uh, um, the hype train is going to build in a, in a hurry, mainly because everybody's going to be looking at the Mariners system regardless. And if he's going to be outperforming, let's say, no Alvin Marte or even he's doing you know has better stats than Julio Rodriguez all these things you know people are gonna oh who is this guy so Gabriel Gonzalez is my pick there for um for another name to to be on to and then uh one of the reasons why I love those Yankees um that we talked about a few weeks ago as well was the depth of the system and the reason for that is a guy that is Randy Vasquez for the Yankees. I think he is going to, uh, he's a little bit older and he's, you know, he's been dominating in the, the lower levels, although he did get up to double A this last year, but he is, again, those Yankees prospects tend to have a little helium. I don't think he's, he's very high up on lists right now, but the Yankees seemingly have these prospects coming up and getting very highly ranked as we go. And I think he's one of the next great ones to come out. Um, I'm at elite my leagues right now, and he's a free agent in one right now. I can literally go pick up this guy and I might just go do that. I might have to pause this podcast right now, actually, and go pick him up. But no, um, so those are my two for right now. Randy Vasquez, Gabriel Gonzalez, G gone and Arvaz. I don't know. That one's not as cool, but, um, <laughs> what do you think about, <laughs> uh, what do you think about those two? Just real quick. Um, yeah, I think those are, those are solid picks. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, just kind of going those talents from those systems, and, and I think that's really going to help them play up. And I mean, you know, strong performances really from any of those guys, I and mean, that's going to bump them, 
bump them way up the, on the on the list. All right, you don't have to do two if you don't have them. I just I couldn't decide which one I wanted to do, and then I wanted to go super deep for my next one. So um, go ahead and uh, and share one or two if you'd like about yours on your list. I, yeah, I'm I'm trying to try to search um, and, and trying to to figure some out. I mean, I don't I don't want to go with another brewers guy but it's okay because these deep guys like if you legitimately think that i think that's important for us to you know because you know them very very well so don't be ashamed of that all right well uh in that case i'll go um, with one of my guys too how about that all right yeah yeah you can definitely you can definitely go one of your guys i mean you know your system pretty well um but one guy that i think is also kind of jumping his way i'm not sure if he's top 200 yet i don't think he was in the top 200 on ours uh, when we posted our top 210 uh, a couple months ago. But uh, Hefferson Cuero uh, is another really interesting uh, international prospect uh, that the Brewers have. He's a catcher. I know your feelings on catchers, Alex. Um, but this dude just seems different. I mean, he already he handles the pitching staff extremely well. Already a very strong hitter, uh, strong offensive player, plenty of power within there. Uh, calls the game really well. Really smart dude especially at a very young age. Uh, Cuero's really kind of working his way up lists, and he's going to be uh, full season ball this year, uh, and that could definitely see him take off as well. You know, I mean, there's a couple of guys that if you would have mentioned in the Brewers, I've been, I would have called you a homer, but if I had to pick those two that would jump into top 100 lists, it's definitely those that you mentioned. Um, excellent point there. So I'll go into my system here and my system, not the Braves, if that's what you were thinking, but the Padres, that's a Daniel Montesino. He is an international signing and a, a couple of guys get all the headlines. If you're following the Padres system at all, that's Victor Acosta, Samuel Zavala. Those guys are jumping up lists already. This is the third guy that they picked. Um, well, they have a fourth and Eddie Beltre, who's also quite good. I thought about, but I think Montesino is going to be the best hitter at a young age amongst all of those guys. I like Zavala and Acosta better because of the position that they have and the athleticism that they show. But Montesino is like this masher as an 18 year old um, that he's going to, he's going to figure out how to hit at a high level quicker than those guys. I'm, I'm very confident. So um, I would imagine he goes to low a at some point this year and the low a is the California league where I guess it was the California league and you get some insane numbers there. Um, so with coupled with the fact that it's not going to be hard for this guy to, to hit 25 home runs as a 19 year old in low a, if, if things break his way. And I think you got somebody that you can pick up in almost every league right now. I think I'm looking at my leagues. I own him in two of the three leagues, dynasty leagues that I'm in and he's a free agent in the other one. Um, but if I had, I mean, I picked him up as a free agent there. You can get this guy anywhere um, you're going to have to wait a while as an 18 year old, but uh, he might make a huge jump and be that guy that comes out of nowhere seemingly. Um, so, uh, David, I'll come to you in a second, but I do have a couple of other ones. If you don't mind, I'm not going to talk about them too no, much. No, go for it. But, but guys, I just wanted to mention, I don't think you should give up on Hunter Bishop. Um, the only thing that has happened to Hunter Bishop in my eyes, this might not be true, but in my eyes are injuries. I still think everything that we used to love about Hunter Bishop is still there and he's just a little bit older now. And I think that he gets lost in that giant system. You can probably find him. I mean, I, I had to drop him the other day in a, in a dynasty league to, for my first year player drafts, we had to make room and I, I really didn't want to, but again, nobody's picked him up. 
I don't think people are as, as excited for Hunter Bishop at all. And I, I don't want to forget. I don't want people to forget about him. And um, I think I'll. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the other guys I'm not as confident in that I wanted to mention, like Joey Estes for the Braves. Um, is another decent one that might make a big jump. I think Cameron Misner might come back as a, a Hunter Bishop type of thing. But uh, I'll come back over to you now if you have one more to kind of finish us off here, and then we'll we'll close up the podcast. Yeah, another guy that uh, I kind of like, uh, especially in the system, going to Cleveland, uh, going to the Guardian system. They are able to turn out pitchers pretty well, and Tanner Burns uh, is someone that I think that Really, if he has a strong season and continues to build on what he put up last year, uh, I think he could jump his way possibly into uh, top 100 or, or top 200 lists uh, by the end of it. I mean, he's someone that, you know, doesn't walk too many guys, gets a bunch of strikeouts. Um, you know, he had a he had a solid debut, you know, three, three and a half VRA in, in high A last year. But uh, he's someone, if he continues to impress and, uh, continue to improve as he goes through the through the system and pitch well in double A because that's probably where he's going to start the season. Then I think he could push his way into that list as well. And we're just scratching the surface. I mean, there's going to be so many guys that graduate, and I'm not even talking about the elite guys. I mean, we could see Jordan Groshans this year. We could see. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll see Hunter Green this year. Um, MJ Melendez has a great chance to come up. Tyler, there's a world where Tyler Freeman's ready to go. Nick Lodolo is going to come up. Uh, Ronzi Contreras is going to come up. Um, Nor- Nolan Gorman's going to come up. Miranda's going to come up. Um, Bryson Stott's going to come up. I mean, now I'm getting in, the, I'm still well into the like the 50s and 60s on these guys. Ethan Small could come up. Ethan Small's going to come up. I mean, I just keep going down the list. I mean, there's a world where Jack Leiter comes up. Who knows? He was ready to go. Eh. Uh, Edward Cabrera, Kyle Isbell, um, all these sorts of guys are, are going to be coming up and playing a lot of the year. Brett Batty. So they're going to be replaced. And it's, it, you know, as silly as it is in. I think sometimes you get annoyed, David, when I ask you, is this a top 100 guy or not? The point is, even if they're not legitimately good in your eyes, if they are a top 100 prospect on multiple lists, that carries a lot of value in dynasty leagues and in trade negotiations. Hey, I'm giving you two top 100 guys here. Uh, it goes a long way. Maybe you don't physically believe that they're they're that guy, but that just that ranking and it's so silly because you could be a 94th ranked guy and you're still a top 100 guy all of a sudden you got this boost in value you're you know you don't make a lot of lists your value just is not as high and that's just the world we live in now if you're listening to this podcast you're smarter than that david you're smarter than that i'm smarter than that the rankings mean nothing but the other guys that are in your leagues are going to take those rankings um for the you know like the bible so you you can take advantage of that but Predicting who's going to get on these top 100 lists, that's the skill. That's the the key that we're trying to get you to, to kind of think about. So those guys we mentioned, look at guys that, you know, are in good systems. I think you, may, you made a good point about Cleveland, Tampa Bay guys, Yankees guys. These guys tend to get ranked up a little bit higher. Dodger guys, I think, are always kind of a little bit, not, not to say overrated, but they're going to be ranked uh, people are going to have a lot of eyes on those organizations. Uh, look at shortstops, look at switch hitters, look at guys that are performing well with their age uh, into consideration. I know we're we're sort of like all ages welcome here on this podcast, but when you're 20 years old and you're in double A and you're doing some crazy things, that's how you boost 
um, your profile, like Brian Rocchio did for me, you know, he was a guy that, oh, oh my God, his, his numbers weren't off the charts. Great, but not off the chart. Oh, wait a minute. He's 20 years old in double A doing those things. Yeah, that guy's a top 20 guy for me now. So that, those things keep in mind as you go forward. Um, and don't be afraid to take the prospects, right? Let's let's take some prospects. You, you kind of saw where our head was at today. So, um, David, let's go back to watching some college baseball. And I asked you last week. The answer was no. We know now. We're going to have a podcast probably at this point next week as well. Will there be an agreement by next Friday? Well, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think they will. I mean, the deadline to save opening day is Monday. I think we're going to see a lot of progress by then. Hopefully they can get across the finish line by then. Uh, but really, I don't think they're going to allow it to go too much longer after that. Uh, to get a deal done because the longer they wait, that's more money both sides are losing because, you know, the owners have said for any games lost, player salary will not be recouped. Like they're not going to get their full salaries for a shortened season. So there's motivation on both sides to get 162 games. And I think we'll see that by Monday, hopefully, but uh, you never know. Yeah. I love these deadlines as if like the president of the united states is saying yeah if you don't have baseball by the 20 like you guys can do whatever you want like <laughs> you can you can ignore that deadline and you can recoup salaries you can do all of this stuff it's just you gotta have negotiation tactics i guess and come off as the you know not showing weakness which is so silly <laughs> but um what about this for you though if we do not have an agreement by next friday are you starting to get worried that it's like 80 games canceled, 100 games canceled type of thing? Or are you uh, not there yet? I don't think they're going to let it go that long. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. Uh, there's everyone loses in that situation. I mean, not only the fans and, and all of us, but the players, no, the we're owners. Already, we're, we're already losing right now. It's Oh, yeah, we're already losing we're right now. Losing. But, yeah, we'll but these guys haven't lost any big money yet. yet. You know, they haven't lost any real money. Yet, because players don't get paid for spring training. Owners make, I mean, they make some money off spring training games, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so they haven't lost anything big yet. But what, like once we get to Monday, then they're going to be losing something big if they don't reach a deal. So there's, there's going to be motivation on both sides. That's the hard deadline. As we've seen with pretty much every July 31st trade deadline, Deadlines spur action and they spur movement. I just don't know how like that July 31st deadline is like legitimately real. Whereas this Monday deadline is just something that the owners have said. So it's like, do you Well, July 31st is something the owners have said as well. Really true. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying in the terms of like, it's generally agreed upon by all the teams that, you know, I don't know if the players agree with that February 28th. Yeah, I mean, like, like, say they agree to it on Tuesday, like they finally reach a deal, you know, the day after, you know, are we still going to cancel opening day? Yeah, no, I don't know. We'll see. But but are the players willing to call that bluff? Yeah, are they willing to call that bluff? I don't know. There's so much that goes into this every time. Like I explain this to, you know, coworkers. And stuff like that that you know they come to me like, yeah tell me about what's happening i update it and then like, i'll go look into it a little bit more and there's always another layer that i didn't really understand before every time i look into this and you know i it just 
it's complicated. It's complicated. We we will never fully understand it. Or if know these two sides on. were a married couple, they already would have gotten divorced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. Um, I don't want to see a world where the MLS is more popular than baseball, but like, I'm scared of that now. <laughs> no offense to MLS, by the way. No, but, full um, offense to MLS. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we do not, we want the MLB, not the MLS, but, yeah. um, careful baseball. I mean, you weren't around, I guess, I mean, you were around, I suppose, but I remember 94 and it was back when I was a kid. I know I get to say that. I say that all the time as a teacher, but now, back in my day. but baseball was demolished by that strike for 95, 96, 97. Like it was very very bad and if they cancel that many games again i don't know what's different now than that it wouldn't happen again i honestly don't so i'm scared but i guess it'll always be there i mean i'll like baseball but it just might not be as popular so i guess it doesn't really and and that's the tough part because baseball really should be so much more popular but i mean especially with something like this you're losing a popularity contest and you know Maybe getting, uh, maybe ending those blackouts will be uh, really important. And, uh, you know, those broadcast rights, you know, and stuff going on Twitter and everything else and putting highlights like, come on, like, let's let's get it going. Make it so popular among the youth. College interns could figure out that baseball can't wrap its head around. So maybe the CBA fixes some of that sort of stuff as well, where they kind of open up and. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Let's just let's just hope for the best. And at this podcast uh, next week, we start talking about all the new cool rules like the DH and the uh, the new playoff system that we're going to have and all this cool stuff that we'll learn. We'll do a whole episode on it. I'm I'm down. MLB will do it. Yeah, I'll do a special episode. I don't care. But first, we need the agreement. I need the agreement. I need to know what to talk about. Yeah. All right, David. Well, enjoy your weekend. This is uh, Futures Focus. My name is Alex Sanchez. This podcast was brought to you by Prospects 1500. Check out the site. Loads of stuff coming out, you know, weekly. And uh, check out our lists. You know, we spent a lot of time on those. Go back and uh, and see, you know, some minor leaguers that you're going to be watching. Because we get to watch minor league baseball, no matter what. So, yeah. And college baseball. That that's time. Nice. So, if you don't know your minor leaguers in some of these teams and, you know, you're... Uh, for instance, you didn't know, uh, or you, I mean, you knew minor league baseball was in your town, but you never went. Go look up the roster, see where they rank, see the, you know, those, those studs. They're they're just as good. They'll be great. Yeah. Hey, you were, uh, you went to UC Santa Barbara, right? Yeah. Gauchos. Olé. Yeah, the Gauchos. I, now I got their game on because Florida oh. uh, beat Georgia State. Fantastic. So, yeah, they're up two nothing in the third. Yeah, Gaucho pride, baby. Gaucho pride, love it. Yeah. Um. All right. That's the podcast. David, we'll see you next week. Yep, see ya.